Hi, and welcome to Mousebirds, your family vacation planning experts. Mousebirds is brought to you by the Tomorrowland Travel Authority Vacations Travel Agency. TTA Vacations specializes in helping you plan your Disney, Universal, and Cruise Line vacations. To take advantage of our free planning services, contact us at ttavacations at gmail.com. Our show hosts are your agents, so contact us to have us help plan your dream family vacation today. Hi, and welcome back to Mousebirds, your family vacation planning experts. I'm Ron, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Laurel and Rachel. Hi, guys. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Today, uh, we're talking about Laurel and I's upcoming cruise and how we chose it. It's our first cruise on the Royal Caribbean, and actually, by the time this episode comes out, we'll already be on the ship. So, we're going to start talking about all of our cruising cruising history. Uh, We've all been on some cruises before, mostly with Disney. I did one carnival cruise back almost 30 years ago when I was 15, Uh, and the cruise experience is so different from the 90s, it's not even worth talking about that cruise. But... For the rest of us, it's all been Disney cruises. Uh, We've each done two. Uh, Laurel and I have done a Bahamas cruise, uh, where the only stop was Castaway Key going from San Juan to New Orleans. And we did. uh, That was pre-pandemic. And then our first cruise back last year was a Mexican Riviera cruise out of San Diego, where we went to Cabo and Ensenada. We we used Ensenada as a sea day. and those were both on the Disney Wonder. Rachel, what about you? Uh, well, my first cruise was before the pandemic, maybe a couple, maybe like a year and a half or so before the pandemic. Uh, we were on the Fantasy, uh, of course, Disney Cruise, and it was a Caribbean cruise. Um, our cruise was like seven days, and we went to a couple of different ports as well as Castaway Key, and it went out of Port Canaveral in Florida. Um, our second cruise uh, happened mid-pandemic, so about maybe a year and a half to two years into the pandemic, uh, and we were the first cruise to be allowed to not have, uh, I think it was uh, that we were not required to have COVID testing. So it was the very first Disney cruise to not do COVID testing uh, during the pandemic, which was very Actually. intriguing. I think yours was the first cruise to not do COVID testing out of Bermuda to, to Bermuda. Ours was the first cruise on the Wonder that didn't have any pre-testing. Yeah, yours was the first out of that coast because the only ones that were going at that time was the Bermuda. Coast. And this was all coincidental. Like we didn't plan it this way. We planned ours because we had a future cruise voucher that we bought beforehand that was going to expire. Uh, then it was the last one of the last cruises we could choose. That use that, and Rachel just found a really good deal on that Bermuda cruise. So we didn't plan on it being the like when we booked these, we all assumed we were going to be testing. Yes, but it didn't happen. Um, yes, thankfully, it 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 definitely I think takes away some of the <laughs> fun. I guess there was so um, much stress, especially yes, like the stress up until uh, the weeks before when we were preparing for the testing. The whole process of just trying to figure out what to do for the testing was stressful. Like, like, because one of the first things we're going to say, no matter when you cruise, always go into your port city a night before. 
don't ever arrive unless you're within like an hour drive like that day. It's just not, you're you're tempting fate. So, you know, for us, we were going to be flying across the country to California and then have to test. That's just a lot of stress. Like you don't know what's going to happen. And during the pandemic, a lot of people were getting COVID from traveling through public transportation. So, you know, just is what it is. But um, ultimately, we definitely got the cruising bug, I should say. And so we decided to go ahead and look into a cruise for this fall coming up in the next week. Uh, And then we looked at some different options. And, you know, based off of multiple factors, we thought that the one that we chose made the most sense. Yeah, let's look at, I think most people when choosing a cruise, there's five considerations you really have to go through. Uh, I think the the two main or the three main ones are when do you want to cruise? Right, dates. Where do you want to cruise? And how much are you looking to spend? True. And then I think some secondary considerations that go into that are uh, your cruise line, cruise ship you want to choose because right. they could vary wildly on what you're going to get. And uh, choosing like if you want to where your departure port is from which is a big deal if you want to have to travel because that adds costs. But for us, we've always been fairly flexible about where we cruise out of because we live in the Boston area. And yes, you could take cruises out of Boston, but they're not a lot and they're kind of limited on where you're going. So, and we and our kids are still in preschool, so we're not constrained by school calendars. So for us, our major thing was just, we were looking for a good deal sometime in the fall. And we found an amazing deal that was a public deal. This wasn't like a, you know, hey, you're a travel agent. Come, we'll give you a discount. This was a public deal. We found a ridiculous deal on a nine-night cruise out of New York, Cape Liberty, which is New Jersey, Port of New York area, uh, on a nine-night New England, Canada cruise on the Liberty of the Seas. Uh, We had originally... We're looking at maybe trying to do an Oasis class ship, which is Royal's uh, biggest ships. Uh, we just wanted to try something different than Disney, and this is what worked out best for us. And a couple of things, too, that we learned as we were like looking at the different options for the locations and things for the cruises. Uh, the fall cruises are very popular for the New England um southeastern canada like you know loop there they're really popular because of the seasonal changes that happen in fall so a lot of people really kind of covet this time period because they want to be able to go to um the main coastal region and to, and the southern um canada region to see the changing of the leaves the changing of the season You know, it's just a really different vibe than like a Caribbean cruise, a really different vibe than a Southern California cruise and an even even further different than like an Alaskan cruise, which is very like heavy on excursions. Um, This type of a cruise, it has a little bit more of an element of relaxation when it comes to the excursions, not to say that there aren't some more physically challenging or, you know, types of excursions, but a lot of the excursions are going to be heavily focused on the the local landscapes, uh, the different kinds of, you know, natural, um, uh, like the natural, you know, historic parks, things like that. 
And while we're looking forward to these ports, and it's a fairly port intensive, yeah, there are five a lot ports, of ports out of nine nights. Uh, but all of these ports are really within a day's drive of us. I mean, one of the ports is Boston. It's 20 minutes from us. <laughs> yeah. So we're not getting off the ship. Actually, the port, we're going to we're going to reserve that as a day on the ship. We're looking forward to the ports, but it's not our main draw here, because if we don't if we miss something, we could drive back and do it. Um, but we really wanted to try a royal ship. Uh, I think royal is probably the most comparable family style cruise line to Disney. Uh, as far as like a mainline, you know, with the family focus. However, you know, they're a much bigger fleet. They have 26 ships with two more coming next year, uh, which are broken right now into a few classes. You have the Oasis class, which are the largest cruise ships in the world. They have things like 10-story dry slides, plus a ton of water slides, rock climbing walls, zip lines, a carousel, multiple theaters for multiple shows, all kinds of things. Then you have the Quantum class, which are the newest class of ship at the at the time of recording now. And they're really about the technology and different kinds of technological activities like, you know, the crane um, that brings you up to look. The It's called the North Star. They have skydiving simulators, bungee jumping kind of things, all kinds of stuff. Uh, then you have what we're going on as a freedom class, which is... Uh, about 15 years old of a class, probably really comparable in size and design to things like the Disney Dream and the Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have a lot of slides and a lot of activities. Uh, then you have the uh, Radiance class and Voyager class, which are some of Royal's slightly smaller ships. And I think the Vision class, these uh, are smaller ships, a little older. They go to more unique ports. And things like that. So one of the big things I think people look at Royal versus Disney is the cost. Mm -hmm. And Royal is almost always going to be cheaper. Uh, When you talk about the Oasis class, you're probably getting more comparable to Disney prices because those are the big ships. Those are the in-demand ships. If you see an ad on TV or anywhere for Royal Cruise, you're seeing an Oasis class ship. Right. There are 6,000 passengers you know, 20 restaurants. Uh, tons, of, tons of entertainment. Parks with live plants. I mean, you you, there's, you can't, even on a seven-day cruise, it's impossible to eat everywhere, see everything. It's just not possible. Uh, so that was kind of our goal was to get on one of those. But just because we got such a deal on this cruise, and the Freedom Class is nothing to, you know, really sniff out. We have the rock climbing walls. We have multiple slides. Right, we have there's mini golf. There's a giant kids splash area for like, yeah. mi- you know, middle aged kids. Uh, there's multiple pools. There's adult areas. There's two live theaters. There's like a water base. Sorry. There's an ice theater. And then there yeah, is a stage there's ice skating on a lot of these ships, yep, including ours. And that's, you could go ice skating. You could see uh, a couple, you could see ice shows. We have Broadway shows on the ship where uh, our yeah. ship has Saturday yeah. Night Fever. And then they have like the casino. Yeah, there's a casino on these, unlike Disney. So if that's something you're considering, uh, you know, that's something to look at. And there's also kids clubs. Uh, it's multiple age appropriate kids clubs. 
uh, very comparable in terms of hours and amenities for the kids. Right, right. Uh, our ship has Adventure Ocean version one, uh, which breaks the kids up into tots, which are three and under a nursery. Disney has the same thing. And then there is a three to six and then a six to ten and then a teen club. Uh on Royal. And I think some of the newer versions of Adventure Ocean meld the two younger groups. So it's basically like three and up to 10 are in one bigger room and they have activities that are, you know, split to split them apart, but that's a design. But our ship has them split into separate rooms. We're thinking our cruise is not going to be very kid heavy. So they're probably going to, and then when that happens, they do merge those groups. Uh, Disney also splits the teens and preteens up. Royal really doesn't. Right. Um, One other thing to keep in mind, too, that's a little bit different about the kids' um, spaces. So, there's, you know, they're clearly designed at Disney for the kids to sort of have like a free-for-all kind of, you know, fantastical experience with all of the things going on around them, right? At the Royal Clubs, there's a little bit less... Um, freeform. Yes, it's less freeform. There's less... There's a lot more structured days where they have special things going on all day long for the kids. So for like instance, for preschool aged kids where they're really used to having a structured day, it's probably much more comparable to a preschool experience. And um, Gaga ball is a thing I keep hearing about. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's something they play. There's art projects. So they try and that's true. Like I've seen like people come home with bags of art projects. <laughs> And so, like science things like do build yes. slime and stuff like that. Um, and one of the difference, the major difference between Royal and Disney is the club hours. Now, Disney is pretty much open, I think, from like 8 or 9 until like 11 p.m. No charge the whole time if your kid's over three and potty trained. Uh, older kids are allowed to sign themselves in and out at a certain age. I think that really, I think it's 9 or 10. I'm not sure on that one. Our kids nowhere near there, so I'm not. I haven't really checked on that lately. Um, but Royal has it closes at lunch and dinner, um, and then they have some open house hours at, at those times mm-hmm. where there's some family activities in there. So you can't keep your kids there in all day. And I think after eight or nine, there's a nominal charge, like there is for the nursery, um, which is like six bucks an hour yeah like it's nothing to think of and they're open later i think till one o'clock yeah and most kids in all honesty are probably going to be ready to hit the hay around nine anyway um some kids will probably stick around closer to 10 ish if they're you know um, not calling you back yeah it really depends on your kid i think most kids really gravitate towards these clubs our daughter on our last cruise was reluctant on her first day and then by the second and third time she just wanted to go back and do things. I think yeah. it's when she found out there were activities, like she wasn't just sitting in a room watching a movie by herself, like she kind of did the first time, I think. Yeah, so that's the thing about the Disney one, is that they really say that you kind of have to get the kids really motivated and into it in that first day, just because, you know, there is a lot of that free play and there isn't as much interaction, you know, sort of like being bolstered upon the kids, forcing them to sort of interact. It was a shy phase for her at the time where she wasn't introducing herself to other kids. So I think that's kind of like what there wasn't until there was an activity where she was forced to. Right. Or or at least invited to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the difference here is that um, 
Andy does really well in a structured environment. I mean, she's four and a half, let's be honest. So I'm really kind of excited to hear a little bit more about the different things that they do for the kids during the day with their schedule. I mean, I'm sure, you know, hopefully Andy will, you know, share more information with us after she does her day. And I will say like a couple things here with them closing for lunch has made our choice of some activities we want to do a little more troublesome. Um, That's true. But, but but to be fair on our last cruise with Andy, we actually did grab her for meals and we, we took her for meals every single day. That was more to do with, with her age in the fact that we were concerned that she wasn't going to stop playing and actually go eat something. And they don't, um, uh, you know. I don't think they feed the kids at the clubs either. So that's, that's true. They Well, they don't, clearly, because they make you break for lunch and dinner. But, but yeah. There was a guacamole making and margarita tasting class at Sabor, which is one of the uh, specialty restaurants on the Liberty of the Seas that we wanted to do. But we couldn't do it because the club is closed at that point. And, you know, why they don't charge for her to eat at a specialty restaurant if we're paying to eat there, they do charge for her to do those activities. So, like, we're not going right. to pay an extra 40 bucks for her to not eat guacamole <laughs> and not and not be able to have the margaritas. Although, we, I guess we would have gotten her margaritas. I would say she probably would be really good at smashing the apple. Um, yeah, so that's I one of the- say she would have, like... So much fun making that guac. Maybe, maybe we could get her to actually eat guacamole. I want to. I might <laughs> pay for her to do like one of us and her to do the cake decorating classes or whatever. Because yeah, like so that. that was one of the ones we talked about. Which I uh, yeah, but yeah, so there. I I, I don't really see it as a down uh, or a negative in the fact that you kind of need to get your kids out for meals, um, at least at certain ages. And they make up for being open later because yeah there's a lot more nightlife on a royal cruise that, that is true uh i know some like a lot of people talk about the music on disney cruises i think on our two cruises on the wonder the live music was a little sparse from what i expected yeah they're really i didn't find it i mean it, it was usually closer to dinner time and the evenings where you would see some live music very little during the day um but from but because the you know there's there's fewer larger bars on a Disney, a smaller Disney ship, whereas most of the royal ships in the mid-sized class have more smaller bars. I think there were like 12 bars I counted on our ship. Yeah. So with that, that means that there's a lot of different themes happening and there's a lot of different things happening at different bars all day. So it's just, it's kind of a, it's just a different kind of experience probably with the royal ship where you're kind of walking to and fro and experiencing different kinds of live music or different kinds of like entertainment that you're hearing in the background. Yeah. And like, while there's a lot of the same type of activities you find at the Disney bars and lounges, like trivia game shows, things like that. There's, I think from what I've seen of past cruises on our itinerary, there seems to be a lot more of them like, and more like there's a lot of theme trivia, like, I've seen Big Bang trivia, Beatles name that tune, Elvis name that tune, Country name that tune, Friends trivia, Disney trivia. These are all things like that are specifically on yeah. our it's, cruise. We're and big trivia people, so clearly we're going to hit up as many of those as we can. They also have like, you know, other game, plenty of game shows mm-hmm. and things like Disney has like bingo and stuff like that. It just seems to be because there are bigger ships with more bars, there just seems to be more of them around. 
to make up for the not having the characters as one of the big activities right. and draws. Uh, there's also no permanent movie theater yeah. on this ship. Some of them do have movie theaters, I believe, but ours does not. But we do have a, a, a TV like on the main pool Lido deck. Right. They show movies on the TV on the on the main deck like they do it on the Disney ships. And the karaoke bar on air has movies throughout the day when they're not doing karaoke. And they all tend to be kid friendly. I've seen like, you know, Transformers, Spider-Man. Uh, and some Disney movies like Little Mermaid and Elemental have been on the schedule lately. So those are things that are there, but there's no just theater for that. Right. And and the theming in general is going to be like your standard royal theming. Whereas like with the Disney cruise, a lot of what you're paying for is like that quintessential, you know, that, that, that like upscale Disney theming experience. And there's definitely some other differences uh, oh, we should probably talk about the cabins. Yeah. The cabins on Disney tend to be a little larger. Uh, by square footage. By square footage. And the biggest difference is, aside from the inside standard cabins, which are the lowest amount of cabins on any ship, uh, which have a single bathroom, all the royal rooms until you hit a suite have single bathrooms when Disney has these split bathrooms in the majority of their rooms, which means that the toilet and sink and a shower slash tub and sink are in separate rooms when Royal has a stand-up shower, no right. tub in most of the rooms, in the room with the shower and sink. It's a slightly larger room than either of those Disney ones, but there's only one of them. Right. And the one sink kind of makes a difference. That's true. That's going to be one thing, I think, for us to definitely get used to, especially with a nine-day cruise as opposed to, like, three or four days. But, you know, we'll make it work. And, and another difference with the cabins is all Disney cabins are designed for at least four people. Some of the family rooms can sleep five, and this is before you get the suites. Um, But royal rooms, can. some of them can only sleep two, Mm -hmm. and and one one of the differences, they can configure the beds into two twins or Or move it into the royal king. and um, So you can have that. Uh, Our room, I believe, is only designed to sleep three with a pull-down bunk, not a pull-out bed, we're probably still going to sleep Andy on the sofa in the room mm-hmm. rather than the pull down bunk because she's smaller and we don't want her to have to jump on top of us to get out of the bed. Yeah, she does get up in the middle of the night to go potty. And I think in in terms of ease, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she's a little bit of a daredevil. <laughs> so I can fairly, I can be fairly certain that having her on the couch is just going to be safer for everybody. But uh, one other thing uh, that's also a similarity but a little different is room service. So room service is available, uh, you know, morning, noon, and night, basically all day. It's with, 24 hours uh, of both Right, ships. with, with pre-scheduled uh, morning room service available on both ships. The difference is cost. So with Disney, it's inclusive of the cost of your trip. There are upcharge with items. With upcharge items, exactly. Um, for Royal, it is uh, a a charge per time they come to your room. So, so it's like eight bucks every time you order, you could order 20 copies of everything on the menu and they'll bring it to you and charge you $8. Uh, but you better tip well. But yes. uh, <laughs> but usually yeah, usually I tip a dollar per entree or per yeah, item you're yeah. going to get. 
Um, and that's on both cruise lines. You still got a tip on Disney. Same and same. That's same for the pre-scheduled um, morning room service as well. So if you are the kind of person to have your morning coffee delivered, et cetera, it's that $8 charge with no, whatever. No, the Continental Breakfast is free. On oh, Friday. sorry. I forgot. That's right. That one's free. But you're still responsible for tipping. Um, so that's one of the other differences. And Royal does have a lot of these upcharges like this. Uh, soda is free on Disney. It is not free on Royal. Most are going to cost you about three fifty, or like me, you could get the soda package, which is if you pre-purchase it, about ten dollars per night. So, you know, if that's one of the big differences, and you know, for you, and considering like, oh, the soda is included. Well, getting the soda package for your entire cabin is probably not going to be anywhere near the price differential on a lot of these cruises. So that's one thing. Like people say, well, the soda is included. I'm going to go on Disney. That wouldn't be my reason to choose Disney over yeah. Royal. Um, both, the bathrooms is a big issue for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, bo- both. Um, are you going to try to do room service at least once or twice on this? Oh, yeah, well, probably most. Uh, times. Yeah, probably going to do room service coffee. I mean, we've talked about this on this, uh, you know, podcast. I, I mean, we're pretty much. I mean, I'm okay. I'm coffee obsessed. Fine, I've said it. But you know, I'm probably going to have coffee delivered in the morning. I usually like to have something delivered for Andy, only because. You know, we're clearly like having to travel in. We're not going to be able to rely on like having tons of snacks and things around for Andy. So usually I have something delivered like donuts or muffins, um, you know, something to that effect. Maybe if they have cereal, um, that's like the prepackaged box or something. That way there's something for her to like snack on if she wakes up early before we can get down to breakfast. Yeah. So that's a big uh, difference. And there's, Let's talk about the restaurants, which are a big difference. On Disney, you have your three main dining rooms on all the ships. They vary from ship to ship. You have your cabanas or Marceline Market buffet. And then you have pool deck food and the Palo slash Remy slash Enchante adult restaurants that are the upcharge. On Royal, you have... The Windjammer across all the ships, which is the buffet, which my understanding is huge, is huge and has a much bigger variety, especially like non-typical American. They're always going to have Asian, some sort of Asian dish and stuff like that, always at the Windjammer. Uh, then on art, some of them have different other free restaurants. Uh, they all have some sort of Sorrento's pizza Uh which is a pizza restaurant, which is open like 18 hours a day. So you can get it real late at night. Uh, so you don't have to get the room service. If you don't want pizza, you could just go get that. And that, uh, and then there's the cafe promenade on our boat. Others have park cafe, different things or a Starbucks. Ours is the cafe promenade serves Starbucks coffee. It's not a Starbucks, which makes a difference on Royal ships because when they, when they're called a Starbucks, you can't use right. your drink packages at them when they serve Starbucks coffee, but our cafe promenade, you can. And I did get a pre-bought 15 latte or 13 latte card. I forgot what it is because I prefer things like lattes to black coffee. So I pre-purchased that at about half the price yeah. of those coffees. So I'm going to be going there in the mornings. And both of those places have like sandwiches and snacks that are yeah, free. They- they sometimes have uh, coffee, alcoholic beverages as well, depending on, you know, the menu. Right. Uh, like Co-Cafe, these are upcharged coffees. So that is something different. 
but Royal also has a lot more upcharge restaurants. Our ship has four. It has Chopped Steakhouse, uh, Chopped Grills, which is the steakhouse, which I think we are planning on doing for dinner one night. We haven't quite decided which night. We'll see. <laughs> because we want to see what the menus are. Um, yeah. We are doing Giovanni's Table, which is the Italian for lunch on one of our sea days. It also has the Mexican restaurant, Sabor, uh, which we want to do for lunch, but doesn't appear to be open for lunch for any days except for those guacamole classes. So that's kind of a we might miss that. And it's not as important to us as travel agents to go to that so we could review it for you because it is only on a few ships and it's being taken off of those ships when they go in for what Royal calls their amplification dry docks. That's where they change out slides, change out restaurants. The ships all do dry docks and just get regular stuff. But prior to the pandemic, they haven't restarted this program yet. Every five, ten years, five years or so, they bring in the ships and do a real update. So restaurants that aren't popular, they change out. They add water slides. They change water slides. They change different venues, things like that. So World does take care of their ships. And the final upcharge restaurant, this is a much cheaper option. It's like 10 to $15, depending on the ship and time, is the Johnny Rockets. And it's just a place to get a burger. So, you know, we might do that one day when we're sick of the Windjammer for lunch. Or maybe we'll and, get breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, and they also have some ships. I believe the Oasis ships, it is free for breakfast. Uh, I don't believe it's free on any of the other ships, though. I have some mixed reports that for some reason on the Liberty, it's free for breakfast. But I doubt that. And we're not counting on that. So we'll see. But they also have, if you just want to drop in for a Johnny Rockets milkshake, you can do that. That's an upcharge, too. And um, that is even an upcharge on the pay one price when you sit down to have right. a meal there. But that's an option. Uh, ice cream is available on decks of both Disney and Royal Caribbean ships, and that's the soft serve ice cream. However, on our ship, there's a Ben and Jerry's on the promenade, and it's fairly cheap. I think it's like two bucks for a cone. Because, mm. like, even though these are upcharge restaurants, you're still paying a portion at which you on the comparable on land. Like, yes, it's about fifty to sixty dollars or so for shops dinner. But you go to an equivalent steakhouse on land, that is an a la carte entree, and you're getting a three-course meal for that. So you are still getting a better value for your money, even though, like, oh, I'm paying more for food when I don't have to. Yes, but you're getting a severe discount on what you would be paying for that stuff on land. Um, the main dining room, there's only one. Uh, and you can choose late dining, my time dining, or early dining. My time dining, you can either make reservations and show up in your time with a minimal weight. Or you could just show up at any time and wait in a long line. Uh, we chose the early dining because that works for us. Uh, Especially five, with the kids. 530, you know, with the kids club schedules and our daughter tends to eat at that. It's a little earlier than I think we like to eat, but we've kind of had to adapt to yeah, that. We're accustomed now. <laughs> um, they rotate the menu every night. The menus are the same across all ships. All three night cruises get one set of menus. All four nights get one set. All seven nights get one set. And then when you get beyond the seven nights, they add a couple things. So we have welcome aboard. Uh, I think there's Mexican, American, British. We also get Italian, a lobster French. night. And there is a lobster night on formal night. <laughs> yes. Um, you get one lobster tail, they'll charge you for an extra. And you can get a lobster tail any night if you want to pay for it. But you get the free lobster tail on one lobster per night. person on <laughs> lobster night. Uh, that's the only extra entrees they, except for 
some of the upcharge entrees, like if you want a filet mignon, you they'll add that instead of having the New York strip or the different types of steak they have on the menu. If you want the filet, you could char- always order that. That's an upcharge. Um, I think those seem to be the biggest kind of differences yeah. I could think of. One other difference was we sort of sort of touched on with uh, Royal is that you can purchase different kinds of drink inclusive packages or that are, or specialty dining packages. Specialty well. dining packages, exactly. Um, that sort of like I guess inclusive nature your food and drink consumption during your trip. Where so like with Disney, everything's included except alcohol and certain specialty drinks, etc. They don't have. I mean, aside from the little punch card at uh, Cove Cafe, right. there are upcharge coffees or upcharge smoothies. Right, right, right. But aside uh, and, and upcharge alcoholic yes. beverages. But aside from oh well, and and bottled sodas and waters. But if you order soda at a bar, you still have to pay for it on Disney. Yeah, but in any case. Um, the difference here is that Royal does offer different kinds of packages, but those packages, the costs vary depending on where you're going and how many days you're going and on what ship. And on top of that, it's definitely a process to sort of figure sub- out to if substantiate, it's right, whether it's going to work for you and your party. We spent about an hour the other day making sure we're making the same, like going over the numbers, just making sure like, I drink a lot of soda. I probably should cut back. But for me, that means a soda package was a good deal. I'm probably going to average more than three sodas a day because at dinner, I might have two refills and that's going to go right to it. Right. Uh, but the up chart from the soda package, the next is the uh, refreshment package, which is basically everything but alcohol on the ship. Uh, but And that goes from the $10 a day. And these are pre-purchased sale prices. When you get on the ship, they're going to be more... I think that's like 15 bucks a day when you get on the ship. The refreshment package is like 30 ish if you pre order, and then like 35 to 40 on the boat. Right. Once again, these change depending on the length of your sailing. It's, it's it, very dynamic pricing yes. with Royal. Like if you go on a carnival cruise, their drink packages are just a flat rate, no matter how long, no matter what ship. Right. Now, I, I certainly contemplated getting the inclusive refreshments package, which is do, does not include include alcohol. The reason why I was considering the refreshments package is because I am the kind of person who prefers to drink pressed juices, so like fresh pressed juice and smoothies and like, you know, smoothies with like protein um, additives and things like that. You should mention what drinks are included on your fit. Oh, yeah, we definitely we we will. Waters, flavored waters, plain coffee, tea, iced tea, lemonade. Yeah, that's That's, the gist. That kind of stuff is included. Milk might be included. Um, But, and then also the refreshments package includes soda. So like it's on top of a standard soda package. The reason why I decided not to get this package is because I probably was just the likelihood of me reaching the number of drinks in a day, especially given the number of days that we have that are port days, was just unlikely. Even if I got two smoothies a day or a smoothie and a pressed juice or a smoothie and a pressed juice and two sodas, which would be highly unlikely, that's still not enough to make the package worth it. So these are all things that sort of go into, you know, what kind of things you want to tack on to your total experience. Oh, and one other thing that Disney does is Disney does packages for like room decorations. 
depending on your ship and the time of year. Royal, Royal does the same thing as well, but the, the prices and the different options vary. Um, and I love to go into the refreshment package too, because I do like lattes and stuff like that, but I'm not going to drink three. I'm not going to drink an extra $20 in lattes when they're four bucks a piece right. a day to make up that. Cause I don't drink a lot of smoothies. I'm okay with the minute made style juices that you can get. Things like that. Right. Um, and, and the alcohol package, you'd probably have to be drinking. What did we do? I think it's five or six. Um, for us, if you pre-purchase, it's like five drinks a day. That's uh, average, cocktails a day. Right. And then average prices would be around seven to eight. Right. For us, I think it was about on average between 65 and 70 if you pre-bought the alcohol package. And beers tend to be about seven fifty. Uh wine is ten, eleven bucks. The like pool deck drinks are around that same price, and then like cocktails are around like thirteen. Yeah, and I'm I might have two or three drinks a day, on average, especially on a nine night. Like if this was a three night cruise, I could probably drink five drinks a day. But I'm you know port intensive nine night. I think I'd end up like end up sleeping and missing a port at this point. Yeah. Like yeah. if I was in my twenties, different story, but not. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So there's definitely things to think about in terms of how you're spending your money and, and, and what you think you need to pre-plan and pre-book for a, a Royal cruise versus your Disney cruise. And Disney doesn't offer these packages because uh, they're not as much of a party that's true. line as, I mean, Royal's not known as a party line. That tends to be carnivals. Uh, yeah, that's reputation. They're still they're trying to fight that a little bit to be more family friendly. But I also think, and prices may have changed as prices have been going up on everything. I think Disney's prices were slightly less for base cocktails than Royals could could have changed. So you know that's one of the reasons they didn't have the drink package, maybe or it wasn't as appealing. But and their drink of the day on Disney is like five bucks. I think it's close to ten on Royal. Yeah. So Disney has other deals like Disney has there. And I think you got this, Rachel was the refillable beer where you get a 20 ounce pour for a 16 ounce. If you buy the mug at the beginning. I, okay. It's a little complicated. I got the beer mug, but I didn't get the token that gives you the, the refills that you're talking about. I purchased the beer mug because I had brought my own beers on the ship. Oh, right. Six pack. Yeah. And so I wanted to have a glass that I could easily uh, drink my beers while at dinners (laughs) and not be questioned uh, carrying a can of beer kind of deal. Um, So like for me that, you know, it was nice and convenient. It was a nice keepsake, but I chose not to do the token that helps that, that you do the beer portion with, because I didn't need that given I had already had, I already bought a bunch of beer, but I can bring my glass on other cruises and get the token if I want to. Wow. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. Or (laughs) I don't have to do that. You actually don't, um, have to buy a glass. You can just buy a token. Well, you turn the token in for the glass at the end, is my understanding. If you want to, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, you can keep the token and not actually return it 
and then still use the token on other cruises. I wonder if that's like the copy cards. Like they say, like the official rules you're not supposed to, but they've always allowed it. Yeah. Um, so it might be like that. Uh, that is another thing. On both cruise lines, you could bring some limited alcohol on board. And, Dis- and soda. Oh, sorry. Well, no, it's, it's not. Well, Disney allows a bottle of wine or a six-pack of beer per person at every port you go to. Royal allows a bottle of wine per person, and we're talking 21 and up. Not you're, You can't bring an extra one if you have kids. Only on your embarkation day. So I can't, we're going to bring a couple bottles of wine, but we can't keep refilling it at every port we go to, which would be nice at this one because we're we're on a port-heavy place. Uh, Disney allows you to bring unlimited non-alcoholic beverages to store in your cabin. Royal limits it to 12, I think it's 15, like half liter uh, bottles. So we could bring, you could bring water or soda or whatever. You, You could bring those on. And both allow you to bring any kind of, Prepackaged snacks, like we bring snacks for like you know fig bars and gummies and stuff for our daughter. Uh, we don't really need to bring snacks for ourselves. There's plenty for us on board. But if you want prepackaged snacks, like you want pretzels or goldfish, you're only going to be able to get those like buying them at a store on board. So if you want those, bring those aboard. So that's another difference I didn't think about. But uh, I have a couple of questions. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. These are very important questions. Do they do any kind of entertainment while during dinner? Like, do they have musicians in the main dining hall or any kind of, like, dinner theater? We're not sure. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I, I know, like, think... certain lines like Carnival have, like, the servers all get up and dance at a certain point, And a lot of people get annoyed by that because it brings the service to a halt. Royal has really been trying to streamline the dinner process and get it down to a 75 to 90 minute time you're in there. And that's part of the standardized menus across all the ships. So they really try and get you in and out of there. Now I think they have more entertainment around the ship. Like uh, there's about five or six different bands. I've been looking at the schedule that play like there's DJs, there's there's classical guitarists, there's modern guitarists. There's piano players. There's Latin band guitarists. So they're all spread out and all over the ship. They have a lot more of that, but they don't. The dinner is try and get you in and out because a lot less people eat at the main dining room. And they also have that my time dining. So people would be coming in and out. Yeah. And you can't do the shows that way. That, That makes a lot of sense. Next question. Is there a spa? On any of these ships? Yes. yes, there is a spa. Prices actually seem pretty comparable to Disney in the spa. Um, most of them have a thermal suite thing, like the Disney has the rainforest room. Uh, our ship does not have a thermal suite, but that means the saunas are available for free. Yep. So the sauna and the steam room are available for free. We don't have to pay to go in those on ours. Which says where I am beelining to on our Boston day. And they <laughs> oh. both have gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney, most of the gym classes, I think, are free. On Royal, some are free, some are charged. Yeah. So that's a different. Like, I think you could do, like, the morning stretch and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you want, like, a Pilates class. Right, or the advanced yoga classes um, or the spinning classes, I think, usually are charged. At- and that's – it's hard to tell. I'm looking at the thing. I'm like, this sounds like this should be charged, but there's no dollar sign. 
Like, so there is, I think some of the spinning classes are included. But I think they have like um, some like first class free kind of deals. So like if you, so like the first one and like you have to go to the first one like that's offered on the cruise basically. But um, it just depends. Like from what I was seeing for different things, it, and it, when you go in on the first day, they'll be able to explain all of the different offerings that they have going on. They also do a number of different types of tours and talks and massage samplers, which are yeah, like five minute free massage. Yeah, so. different things that are for free. Like they have these hour long sessions where they talk about. Um, where they'll have like a nutritionist come in and do a talk or there's, something. There's a lot of those sales sessions. Like I've been looking at the thing and trying to make a spreadsheet for us. And I've been leaving those off because I we don't like to do the salesy stuff. Like, so that's but there's available. And there's also a lot of sales. Like there's a lot more shops on a royal ship. That's true. There's a lot more shops. Um so they have like a watch sale here, an art sale here, a Kate Spade bag sale here. Uh, and some of them, some people say you can get some good deals on them, especially since it's all duty-free stuff. But, you know, they kind of overtake the promenade a little bit. And there's the things like go get your free charm every day at the jewelry store. Probably not Andy do that. Yeah. Um, because they're not going to pressure a four-year-old. Uh, they might. But, <laughs> so there's, there's, there's stuff like that. Uh, as well. What what about places to get your hair cut or mani pedi? I believe there's a salon as a part of the spa, but I don't know for sure if this ship does hair cutting and, and styling. I assume they would. I think they do. I do remember seeing mani, mani pedis available on the spa um, scheduling, but um, they probably do styling for sure, but they may not have a separate men's haircut space some of the boats that are like the bigger boats have a separate what do you call them they have teen spas they have like what, a, what do you call a man's haircuttery a barber shop, a barber barber shop. shop. A <laughs> some of the haircutter. other large ships have a the separate barber shop uh even like the disney wish has the barber shop mm-hmm. that turns into a bar at night like mm-hmm. so that is kind of a more newer thing so like I haven't looked at everything on all the Oasis ships because there's they're different and there's so much that I know they have those things like and like they have like we don't have a dedicated karaoke like karaoke bar. We have a lounge that does a lot of karaoke and other things. While the Oasis ships have karaoke bars where you could get where you could pay upcharges to get private karaoke rooms and things like that. You know, this is a Smaller, it's still a mega ship, but it's a much smaller ship than it was. Everything's a much smaller ship than an Oasis ship. Yes. So we're missing that. So I think they have those basic kind of like salon and Manny Petty and things like that, but I don't look at those. So <laughs> um I, I assume that they also have like your your first aid um yes. uh, like hospital styles. Area for emergencies. Medical center, yep. That is correct. Um, uh, Should we talk about pools? Yeah, so there is the adult air. Yeah, let's talk about the pool deck. We actually kind of haven't missed that. So Royal has a lot more, I think, going on in their pool deck than Disney does. Disney has their kids' area, their family pool, and the quiet cove area. Now, Royal has 
the family pool area, which has two pools, two larger pools in it. And they hold things like belly flop competitions and stuff there. <laughs> they hold sports, they hold like water volleyball kind of things. Yes, they also have the uh, surfing, and the, and they, the boogie boarding surfing. Well, they also have the whole slide area, which has the flow rider surf simulator, which is free unless you're taking lessons. Uh, they have, our ship has two regular slides and then the tidal wave, which is the only one at sea, which is like a vertical tube slide. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, and they have two the, the two larger slides. Uh, there's the kids' pool area, which is called Splashaway Bay, I believe, mm-hmm. and it's immense. It's there's, huge. It's and like, then they have a kids' pool attached to that and things yeah. like that. Uh, and then they have the solarium. Some ships it's enclosed and do, and have like just plunge pools and hot tubs. Ours is open air and has the two cantilevered hot tubs and a large pool in the middle. Uh-huh. So that those vary from ship to ship, but ours does have the Solarium. We don't have the Solarium Bistro to go with it, unfortunately. And one of the things I think our biggest complaint about the ship we didn't realize at the time is there is no pool deck food on our ship. Yes, that is definitely one slight concern, only because uh, we find with Andy, with her age... It's easier to like park ourselves in a section in the space for a while and then to sort of like, you know, explore, do all the stuff we kind of want to do in that area. And we need to have access to like simple, easy foods because, you know, she's four um, because they eat all the time. And they usually want simple things like French fries. But, so now in order to be able to appease that need, we will have to like basically leave the pool deck to go get whatever she wants. The Windjammer has too. longer hours than the Disney. That's true. And that's a good point. Um, so like there are times in the day when you can't just go to the cafeteria on a Disney cruise. You are required to basically go to any of the deck uh, available restaurants uh, or like, you know, grab and goes. So, you know, a complete difference in terms of lifestyle. I'm actually not super concerned about it. I'm sure we'll just get used to it. And Andy's well, older. And, and they, you know. a few times it's closed, we could run down to Sorrento's and get pizza. Right. Or a sandwich from the, like, I'm not worried. I, I wish there was pool deck food. And most of the modern ships have something nearby. But ours missed its amplification because of the COVID shutdown. It was supposed to get... Uh, some major changes and did not. So I think that like they would have had something on deck at that point. Either way. You could always go over to Windjammer and grab some food on a plate and bring it with you to the. So uh, that's actually what I was thinking we would probably end up doing is grabbing like some foods for her, you know, and that way she has a plate of things to snack on as she goes and runs around in the splash area and then, like, 15 minutes later, she's going to come over and want a french fry and then want to go back over in the splash area because, you know, that's what you do when you're four. But I'm going to miss just being able to grab, like, a couple slices of pizza and some chicken fingers and just sit by the pool all the time. Do we know if there's popcorn on the Royal Cruise? I'm sure there's got to be somewhere. Oh, Me, so, I man, I will say Andy was obsessed with the popcorn on Disney Cruise. I, It was, like, such an easy snack for us to get for her. Because she's a big snacker. I mean, I guess most kids are. Um, I do. One thing that's going to be interesting for us on this cruise is to sort of like get the lay of the land and to figure out where we're going to get her snacks throughout the day. 
besides Windjammer. I mean, if, if Windjammer is the place for her to get whatever snacking she needs done, then that's going to be the situation. But she loves pizza, so I think it's going to be a lot of Sorrentos for us. Yeah, that's true. Um, was there anything else on your list? That I mean, there's, I think the entertainment options are a little different. Um, our show, I think there's two production shows in the main theater on our nine night. The Saturday Night Fever is our Broadway show. And I think it's a full like hour and a half version of the show versus, versus Disney's kind of 45 minute shows every night. Mm-hmm. So we have one of those as opposed to three. And then there's one other show on our boat, which I think is called it in the air or something like that. And it looks to be like more of a Cirque kind of thing. And then we have, we'll have singers and comedians and jugglers and stuff. Disney brings those in too. So that's a little different. Then we have the ice skating shows in studio B. Um, I think there's one or two of those. I'm super excited for these ice skating shows only because this will be Andy's first time seeing an ice skating show. And she's like, she's super excited. She's been asking us to go skating for a while, so this will be great for and that's me to take they, her they, skating. Yeah, they open up the um, ice skating rink on the days, well, on the days that they're doing the skating show, they have the rink set up during the day, usually, I should say. I mean, obviously, things are always subject to change. Um, and then they have skating hours where people can come in to do free skate. Um, and then they have hours with, like, kids and just adults and stuff like that, so... Super, that'll be interesting. I'm not a skater, so I will not be skating, but this will be a daddy-daughter experience. And then, as I said, like, there's the British pub on our ship. It's the Hoof and Claw. They almost always have a guitarist at night. There's the Latin band at Boleros, which is the Spanish uh, Latin bar. Then there's Vintages, which is the wine bar, which is yes. a classical guitarist. Yes. Then uh, the schooner bar where is kind of... The main bar has a, pian- a pianist between all the different trivias and game shows yes. that they run it. The Star Lounge is where they have a lot of, they'll have bands on stage between the trivia and game show games. Uh, there's just so much music. I really like, and then the Promenade, which is kind of like the atrium on the Disney ships, but it's a giant mall it in the middle of the huge. ship yeah. where a lot of the bars, restaurants, and shops are. They'll have there's an '80s dance party where there's an '80s DJ spinning. There they have oh, jazz. There's, oh, there's a parade on opening day as yeah. well. But yeah, there's definitely going to be plenty of entertainment for sure. Um, and this is our first long cruise. Our last two have been five nights. This is nine nights, which is a long cruise for most people. I mean, the only things longer are usually transatlantic, transpacific, Panama Canal, those kind of things. Uh, so that's we, a little, we should probably explain why we chose the nine. Well, we talked about how it was a really good it deal. Was a, yeah, it was just an incredible o- deal. Ordinarily, we wouldn't go on anything over seven days. No, but but I I am curious about one thing. You guys keep mentioning it. You, it was such a great deal. What 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 was the pr- price tag for your nine day cruise? So this was a publicly available deal, and there's a couple things we did to get this down that I don't always recommend for our clients. Uh, we got a guarantee stateroom, which means we didn't get to pick our room. We are down on deck two, right above the gangway. Could be a little noisy on port days, but we're going to be out and about pretty early on this port day, so we're not too worried about the noise. Uh, the other thing is we did is a non-refundable deposit. I don't recommend this for a lot of people because 
it's a non-refundable deposit. We, you can change your crews, but there's a fee involved. Now, when we did ours, we did close to final payment day. We booked this sort of last minute, like 100, and, 100 days out when final payment was due on 90 days. So that non-refundable deposit was less of an impact because once you hit the final payment, your deposit, things begin to change. Second reason I did that was because the difference in price between the refundable and non-refundable deposits was less than the change fee. It was more than the change fees, I'm sorry. Yeah. The change fee is 100 bucks a person. Just going up to a non-refundable or to a refundable deposit was like a $700 difference in our cruise. So it made sense for us to do this non-refundable deposit on a guaranteed stateroom fairly close to the final payment when they're trying to fill up the ship. So we got for... Two adults and a child. When it's a child, it's a children's sale free promotion. We had on top of that, which Royal runs most of the time. Yeah, they, they it's not constant. Well. If you're looking to book a cruise, you might want to wait for it. And it they don't. It doesn't apply in parts of the summer or over holidays. But we're going in September, so it was available. Uh, after we bought insurance, which I always recommend for a cruise. I don't always recommend it for all forms of travel. But I do recommend it to our clients for cruising because it covers things like Medivac and stuff like that. You don't want to get, even if you have to pay for part of the Medivac, you don't want to be on the hook for a $30,000 helicopter flight, right? So after the insurance, it was just about $1,850. Oh, my God. Every time I hear this price, I still freak out. For nine nights for three people. You could barely eat on a nine-night vacation for that Yeah, at a lot of places. So it was just an incredible deal that, I mean, I look at rooms now on the cruise ship, it's triple that for the few that are available. So we got, it was a matter of the timing, timing and choosing some things to make the trip cheaper. The other piece of it is that we don't have to fly to this location. We disembark out of New Jersey. We live in Massachusetts, so we are going to drive the night before, stay at a local hotel, and then um, pay to park uh, for the port for departure. So, yeah, that made this just an incredible deal we couldn't pass up. We were originally looking at a similar cruise that was seven nights out of Boston for about the same price, and then I just wanted to see what was out of New York, and I saw the same price for a nine-night out of New York. I'm like, well, let's just do the nine night and all it's going to cost us is gas, really, because we're still going to have to park at the port here because, you know, no, we don't have anybody who's got a big enough car to drop three of us in a car seat off with a bunch of bags <laughs> at the port, you know, at those times. So it was it was just a unbe unbeatable deal. And I don't think we're going to see something like that again. Like this is truly like something that was. Yeah. The right moment. Should we talk about the impending weather? <laughs> yeah. So as we're doing this, Hurricane Lee is coming up the East Coast. It's probably going to, we're probably going to get some tropical storm winds. And this is a concern when part of the reason cruises are cheap this time of year is hurricane season in the Atlantic means you're never sure what your cruise is going to do. The current version of our itinerary that is going on now is missing one of their ports 
because of the storm. And they're going to go park in New York Harbor and in, in Bayonne overnight, overnight, <laughs> and just have you know it's a port day in New York, and we're, they're running excursions into Manhattan. Oh, that's nice and stuff that's from different. the from there. So, but we're a little bit worried that it's not going to impact our cruise directly. It might be damaging some of the ports, so we're wondering what's going to happen to mainly Bar Harbor, Halifax, and St. John's, which are dead in the middle of this storm's thing. And, you know, we obviously we're concerned for the people there, uh, but, you know, if the port is damaged, they might cancel the port. Right. Uh, and particularly because of U.S. law, if they have to cancel the two Canadian ports because we can't dock there for some reason— they're going to have to – we can't just do extra sea days. They're going to have to reroute the ship. I doubt this is going to happen, but it's something we've been discussing, and our Facebook group for our cruise has been discussing for the past few days. And and what we talked about before in the recent day that this has now turned more um, was the possibility that if they had to cancel the Canada route – we they would have to south somewhere. yes, they'd have to change us south, possibly maybe to something like Bermuda. And but then, on a nine night, they could even change us to as far south as the Bahamas or Caribbean. Right, groups. right. So the other issue here is that if Bermuda is hit and ha- is negatively impacted by this storm, which it probably will be now, um, but it might not necessarily get as bad a hit as perhaps the coast of Canada. It's it's hard to say right now. The storm is looks it's big and unpredictable. Thankfully it's weakened a lot. Yes. And it's a category one's nothing to sneeze at, but it's still it's much still, better than it was a category five a few days ago. Yeah. And it still could be very serious for those ships that are in the water or, or docked. You don't ever people. worry about your cruise ship going near the storm they will never go near the storm and they're always going to make it's always going to be safety first and what we find most of the time is like the cruise ships are going to try to find a way to make things right right so if for whatever reason if they have to cancel the cruise like you're you're clearly going to be covered if they uh, sometimes they will cancel and then offer different kinds of credits for rebooking for instance, there is a nine-night similar itinerary to ours, living out of Baltimore, I think, tomorrow or the day after, that they basically said, we are changing this to a, you know, Bahamas and Caribbean cruise. Yeah. We've got the time. If you want to cancel, fine. We're waiving all the cancellation fees. That's on you. Uh, and we're going to give you extra credit to a future cruise. Or you could stay on and you can get a lesser credit to a future cruise as well. That's the kind of things they do if they reroute you normally. Like, they don't have to. Like, they obviously can let you, like, but they usually do. Right. Now, we should say the fact is, for us in our situation, we might not know until the day we depart if we are or are not going to Canada or going to a southern location. It really depends on how bad these ports yes. are hit. The, dif- the difference here is that we could be going to a cooler weather location or a much hotter weather location. Chances are everything's going to be fine on a, on a, but you know, the storm is big. The storm surge and flooding can affect the ports yeah. for a few more days than everybody expects. Like recently with Adalia, Tampa was closed for a couple of days extra. Uh, people's cruises were moved around. People were stuck at sea for an extra day. They were all it's taken care of. Sense, yeah. Nobody was, in, you know, <laughs> nobody was in on the boats was in shape or bad shape there. But 
you know, those things can happen. The port can be closed for a couple extra days. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be an issue because by the time we get to those ports, it's going to be almost a week after the storm's been. Correct. So unless something changes and the storm hits much more massively or there's some sort of extra damage to the port that's not normal in a Category 1 storm, we should be okay. And thankfully, the people there should be okay as well. These are just things to think about when you're choosing to schedule cruises during uh, in the Atlantic for for specifically during hurricane season. Right. I would be more wary about choosing a Caribbean, Bermuda, or Bahamas cruise during this time of year than I would about New England. Like, yeah, I definitely was not thinking we were going to be in this situation. But but it's always important to keep – you just have to be flexible. This is part of it. This is part of the process. And if they have to delay your departure or something, you get to stay on the boat in the port for the day or – you know, they'll refund enough that you can get a hotel if the, you know, the ship's stuck out at sea for an extra day. That's what happened on some ships in Tampa last week. That's, you know, the opposite's happening with the ship, with the ship coming into port a day early. They will in some way make it up to you. Yeah. Or at least do their best. Um, is there oh, anything else we're missing? No, I mean, we're going to do a review when we get back and talk about how we felt it was different from Disney and talk about what we did in the ports. Because we're kind of winging it in most of these ports. Well, we kind of have a plan. I mean, ordinarily, you know what's crazy is ordinarily we have really structured plans. But these are all city ports where there's things to just, you could catch an Uber and stuff like that. Like, at most we have a hop-on, hop-off bus, except in St. John, I'm going on an excursion myself because I've been obsessed with the Bay of Fundy since seeing it in the O Canada film that I want to watch those <laughs> 50 foot tide. So I'm doing an excursion there and that's not an excursion. That's great for Andy. Yeah. So I'm going to take Andy uh, to the children's museum in St. John's. Uh, And there's like nothing else to do for kids there. So I have a feeling me and like every other person who has a child under the age of seven, we're probably all going to be heading to the children's museum. That's Um, our only real structured stuff we've got planned. Yeah. I think um, we are thinking in Portland that we might go to um, a couple museums. There's a museum, a weird museum. There's a there's a cryptozoology yes, the museum cryptozoology I've been wanting museum. to go to, but it's not right near the port, and neither is the children's museum. So we're still about 50-50 if we're even going to get off the boat in Portland and go to these things because we could drive there in a little over, like, an under two hours. So, like, we might just... That's true. If we're having that much fun on the boat, we might just choose to not get off in Portland. Now, Bar Harbor... It's Acadia National Park is a lot of what you do there. Uh, but we the excursions were expensive. They're all booked right now. Yeah. And we couldn't find a way to get on any of the charts. So we're looking at maybe taking the public bus, which they run into the parks and stuff like that. We might do that or we might just walk around the town. We haven't decided yet. Because I'm kind of fine with walking around the town. And, like, once again, it's a three, four-hour, maybe yeah. six for us at yeah, most. We, we've driven up to that area of Maine a few times over the years. And so if we really wanted to do, like, a long weekend, we could v- much more easily do that. So we're not as – this is another reason why we chose this cruise, because we could actually just relax a little bit more with the, um, with the ports, because we just didn't feel – the um not the urgency but i guess we didn't feel like the pressure to 
for the port to deliver some amazing experience. And I'm us. kind of thinking like if I'm hoping we like Halifax, we might just drive up there and yes, roll for a week. Yes. I'm actually most excited about Halifax on this trip. I really hope we get to go to Halifax. Um, only because they have a lot of different Titanic uh, related things. And I'm a huge Titanic person. Which is a great thing to think about on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I strangely enough did not put that together until just now and that's terrible but yeah um i'm a big titanic history fan they have a, a a huge museum there that's very popular with with families um they have tours that do different kinds of titanic tours they take you to the grave site for the unidentified bodies um i mean you know or you is, know. It, <laughs> is it halifax or st john that has the i don't want to call it a shanty town thing but the um cargo container town right by the port it's one of those I think it's Halifax. I don't know if it's Halifax or St. John. They have this whole like artist community, like and like food trucky type thing built out of shipping containers right at the port you can walk to. That's something I really want to check out, whichever city that is. And I really hope that's not damaged by the storm. Yeah, that's true. Well, Rachel, any closing questions? No, you guys have really covered quite a bit. Um, it, I, I'm kind of. Uh, Intrigued to see your final review post trip. So are we. Um, and and Andy too. She was like, "Can we leave for the trip early?" And I was like, "No, we can't. Like, we have a week. Our we kid, have to wait till our boat's here." See, our kid <laughs> loves boats, and particularly as she's been really enthusiastic. She's a little upset we're not going on the Mickey boat, but I think she'll have a good time because one of the things she just loved meeting the characters, and as much as you can meet characters in the parks. Like you could spend your sea days on the boat just doing nothing but character after character That's after true. character, and still not get to all of them. That is true. Uh, I mean, we'll, we should say this: um, Andy did a lot better with meeting characters on the boat than she did in the parks, and I think part of that is because on the boat, it's almost like after a day or two, you feel like you're at home. You and just run into them in the hallway. Yeah, yes. And, I, and it's less stimulus. You get very stimulated at theme parks. I so. literally ran into Spider-Man and almost knocked him over. Uh, <laughs> just yeah. coming around a corner, we just pulled, bam, right into each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, when we had Andy on our first Disney cruise when she was a baby, everywhere I went, every character, it didn't matter if I was stopping to meet them. I would usually carry Andy around in my baby carrier. They were stopping to meet her. I was like, oh, hey, Tiana. Tiana was like, that's nice, mom. Let me look at your baby. So, you know, like, like you know. running down the hallway and just randomly high fiving Max was a highlight of my last cruise. But, you know, this is something different. And we're looking forward to trying this out. And I've heard nothing but good That's things true. about Royal for families. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of glad we're not starting our Royal journey with an Oasis class because I, I, and I know some people recommend it and say, you know, these are not that different. But I feel like going from that and then doing one of these other ships might feel like a step down. I mean, we've already started talking about our next Royal Cruises, like possibly Alaska in the early summer on a quantum class. And then we're already talking, we've already got plans. We haven't booked it yet to do a family cruise with my side of the family, January 2025 on the Symphony of the Seas, which is. Uh, one of their largest Oasis class ships. And that is a luxurious real, real boat. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, there's just so much to do. I feel like, Oh, we're like, we're not doing a lot of dining on this one, but that, you know, having 
well, experience with the main dining room menus were like looking at some of the restaurants in there. I was like, yes, this we have to do, like Wonderland. So we're really hoping we like this Royal. We don't want to book any further out. I mean, we've booked Royal vacations for clients who have loved it. We just haven't had the opportunity ourselves. So we're we're looking forward to this a lot. Hmm. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully it'll be on time. We'll be coming off the boat. So it might, might be a day or two delayed on our normal release schedule. Uh, but we'll see you next week with our review. On behalf of my co-hosts, Laura and Rachel, thank you guys for listening to Mousebirds. And if you want to book a cruise vacation, please contact our travel agent sponsor, ttavacations at gmail.com. And you'll get one of us on this show help you book your trip. Thank you guys and have a good night. Have a good night. See you real soon. Thank you.